this, this thing yeah. that I believe about sevens when you watch them and observe them is that they're genuinely enjoying themselves yeah. w- with activity yeah. and stimulation. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. I would enjoy myself the most with lack of activity, <laughs> lack of stimulation, well, or a different kind of stimulation. Like I'm stimulated through a song or a book or a thought. And it's not like sevens aren't because they're in the head triad. But uh, This is the most five thing. I like, n- I just want to be listening and yeah. analyzing a song yeah. or reading a book like by myself. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth episode of No Small Thing. I'm Scott. And I'm Macy. And this week we are coming to you from Whidbey Island. Live from Whidbey Island. Uh, it is a Friday night. Normally we record on a Thursday. We are just sitting looking out at the wetlands. The wetlands. Protected wetlands. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty. We've had a nice day. Threw Hanging a lot of rocks into the Island. water. Yep. <laughs> and tonight we are talking about the, something that we are very, very excited about and something that is a... Means a lot to us. It means a lot to us and it is the Enneagram. We've been hinting at this one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you were like walking down the street and you were with some friends and you were talking about the Enneagram and somebody yeah. said, oh, what is that? What is the Enneagram? What are you oh. guys talking about? I would say that the Enneagram is, it's similar to a personality type, but it's more of like a, oh, I don't know. It's very complex. I would try and over explain it, but. Is it a, is it a personality test? That's what I think one, I think people want to know that. Is this a personality test? I don't think it is. Okay. I think it's, uh, it gives these personality profiles almost. Mm. And the Enneagram is very complex in its. Uh, depth, I would say. So it's not just uh, like Myers-Briggs is a person, a common personality test. And that feels there, there are complex layers to that, but it feels a little bit less fluid between the different personality types. But the Enneagram is, it gives nine archetypes maybe. Yeah. You're saying this perfectly. I don't know about perfectly, but uh, it I think gives it's great. Nine archetypes. Better than I would have said it. <clears throat> it's supposedly ancient wisdom, this design of these nine personality archetypes, but uh, I don't know. They're just helpful language and tools in which we can like understand ways in which people like see the world. I would say hmm. it like gives the, the different like perspectives of nine archetypes and, and different ways uh, ways for us to see people. And not like just not just the world, but like to see people through a different lens. Yeah, because the Enneagram kind of focuses on this like ego or this drive that people have that like they that forces them to respond or react to every situation that they encounter in a certain way almost. And understanding that about yourself and understanding that about others. I don't know. I think it's that's what the Enneagram's all about. <laughs> I, I don't know if it, if anybody that's a, a professional in the Enneagram or understands the Enneagram extremely well. Like we're not uh, licensed anything. Oh no. So and there are there we're not professional Enneagram people none of, none of us had written a book no. on the Enneagram. We are just kind of fans. Big fans. Well, that's the thing is I didn't realize this but like there's so many Enneagram experts in the world. Enneagram experts, Enneagram books, Enneagram resources. Like Enneagram like just like kind of therapists almost or like leading conferences and different things. I don't know. It's hit the Christian world. So that's probably why we first of all heard of it. I think what I like about the Enneagram compared to maybe what we'd call classic 
personality tests. I don't even know what falls under that category. But side note, I guess if anybody has had a really good experience with a personality test, hmm. let us know what it is. I, I know there's a lot out there. I know about Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders, maybe a few others. Um, but what I like about the Enneagram, and you said it yourself, it's not, it's not necessarily a personality test. You called it archetypes, which I liked. Mm-hmm. But I think compared to these other column personality tests, it is the most maybe um, nimble or agile or flexible mm-hmm. and yeah. that you could, it, you can spend a lifetime kind of going deeper and deeper and deeper. It's not just like, here's who you are. It's static. I, I think a lot of people would hesitate too to say like the Enneagram isn't rooted in like science, I don't think. Although psychologists no. seem to like it. Yeah, I think some like it. I bet there's some who don't. But the Enneagram, like, kind of, if you really start to study it or learn about yourself, you learn ways in which you can, like, integrate and ways in which you can, uh, like, kind of tap into, like, your own, like, realize your ego and then be able to, like, see it and then move beyond it. I don't know. It's helping me to, like, push myself to see the world differently based on understanding my own number and then also understanding like other people's under numbers i don't know you keep saying the world different but i i i feel like you mean people i don't mean just you people mean the world i mean what the world mean like i think when i look out and see if i go out on a deck i look out i'm going to experience it kind of in one way as a 4 as opposed to maybe a like a seven would. Mm, so like okay, they're seeing okay. the world different. Like, so a seven might look out and be like, oh man, I could go run through that. And I could like jump in the water and do all Shoot these some things birds. and like just get go super hunting. pumped about yeah. it and like can see all the possibilities as we're like, I look at it and like, I like, I'm like, what is the meaning of all of this? And like, <laughs> I need to know, but I also want to like feel it all. And like, I feel mm. like a myriad of emotions. And while I'm looking at it, I'm like, I feel like lost in the moment, but also like I'm already looking back on it. And that's, I feel like the way a four would look at it. So I feel like they wow. see and experience the world differently. And I almost feel like an, they experience like, I don't know, whatever the Force? divine other is. No, the numbers. Oh, all the numbers have... Like their the way own. they experience divinity. Yeah, I think so, mm. on some level. Okay. I've heard somebody say, it might have been you, it might have been an expert, that, that empath- uh, empathy uh, comes out of your experience with the Enneagram. Like, it, it mm. cultivates empathy Yeah. for people. It was the Sleeping Out Last podcast where the, oh, his name's, I think Chris Chad, Yort. right? Oh, Chris, yeah. He wrote the Sacred Enneagram. I haven't read the book, but I've heard a lot of, parts of it and it seems amazing so I would suggest it uh sleeping on last podcast he talks about it in a way of like viewing the Enneagram like as a tool for empathy Mm. so like it helps us to like see and like understand the other so like if I can see and understand the way in which you're you perceived the most recent I don't know, action that just happened like I can I know what's going on and I can understand like what you may need Mm. uh so uh, this is this is not going to be an episode where we like explain thoroughly the Enneagram. And we want to say no. that if you're interested in anything that we've just said and you don't know what the Enneagram is, you can go to the Enneagram Institute website. And yeah. there's all sorts of things online that you can go research and look up. And I'd encourage you to do it because it would be highly worth your time. Um, but this is going to be a different type of episode. So we're going to we're going to like 
There's nine numbers, and we're going to sort of skim over them and do a brief explanation of each number. And I'm also really interested to address certain reservations people have expressed to me personally about Enneagram and personality types in general. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the number five specifically, which I identify as a five. Number uh, five. Number five. And uh, (laughs) nine numbers I identify as a five. And our hope is this would be one of many Enneagram episodes where we deep dive a specific number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we'll probably, I'm a four, so we'll probably want to talk about that, and, <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll have our friends on who are the numbers, I think. Mm-hmm. I Five is especially fun for me because I live with a five, too, mm. so this is a number that I, like, love. It's our friend Reuben uh, is a housemate of Macy. We've mentioned him in past episodes, and we hope he's on the podcast someday. Yeah. Yeah. One day he's, he is a very fun five. So <laughs> very complicated five. All five fives are very complicated. Yeah. I think they're the most complicated number. Yeah. One of the things I want to talk about is that there. This this doesn't even necessarily have to be about the enneagram, but mm. but let's make it enneagram specific. But there are a lot of people who push back pretty hard on the the whole notion of a personality yeah. test. Yeah. And I don't. I've listened. I've listened a lot to those voices, and I still don't understand where they're coming from. You're trying so hard. I understand <laughs> the words that are coming out of their mouth. They're complete sentences, but I just can't wrap my head around the fear or the suspicion or the, I don't know, the judgment of the whole exercise. Mm -hmm. So I want to try to address some of those things. (laughs) I guess, first of all, have you experienced people that are, are skeptical of this? Yeah. I mean, what, what do they say? What are some of the complaints? I think that more than anything, people we'll just say like, well, the first complaint is like, you can't put a person in a box. Yeah, like, that Oh, is the number, number one, one complaint is like, about you can't put a person in a box. And uh, like, I'm like, it's not putting you in a box. Like it's, it's an archetype. It's just an idea. That's probably the number one. But then also I think people question it's like validity. This isn't science. But yeah. It's not science. It's like kind of, I mean, it's almost some form of, like, why you, like, tr- I don't know. It's, like, it's, the Enneagram's, like, kind of spiritual, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, so I think it's kind of, some people may just be, like, oh, it's some weird spiritual even the stuff. Even the name Enneagram seems, I think some people have instantly, because of even the design, if you if you look up online, like, the design of the Enneagram, it's got nine points. It's It looks a little spooky. If you're that type of person. I have a few responses to this whole box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do, too. Okay. So I'll give... I just have one. So you do yours Are you sure? Are you sure? Let me go first. Mm -hmm. Okay. One response I have is all that we have... I think think this is true. All that we have to express ourselves is language. I mean, Mm. I guess we have noises and facial expressions. But to a certain extent, we make sense of our world through language. Yeah. And... 
there is a Radiolab episode <coughs> on color that we'll probably reference someday in some sort of episode on color. <laughs> but there's this, there's this. Uh, it seems like neuroscience that talks about this idea of, of like naming a new color. Just mm-hmm. just naming it helps you see it. Yes. Yes. So when we uh, give language to different types of personalities, it helps us see people in a brand new way, including ourselves. Hmm. So it's just language. So my box thing is this idea of like, if you go to get a hamburger with a friend and you get a hamburger and you, you eat it and you're enjoying it and somebody says, oh, you like hamburgers. And the person says, don't put me in a box. Don't <laughs> label me as a person that likes hamburgers. You know, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's just not, what do you mean put you in a box? Just to say that you like hamburgers? <laughs> it, we have ways of, of, of I, I guess, boxing each other in all day. Macy's <laughs> really laughing. So <laughs> like, it's not, I'm just trying to get a sense of who you are. Like, if, if I were to say, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? You know, what music do you like? It's like, oh, don't box me in. It's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to box you in. I'm just trying to understand you. <laughs> and, okay, so say, say you were a person that said, I like 21 Pilots. If you don't like 21 Pilots in a year, that's fine. You can change. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, no, no. You get back in your box. <laughs> you you have like, so many thoughts I'm on so, this. I get so <laughs> agitated when people talk about their suspicions about this. It's just they're missing out on like kind of a fun party. You know, it's like it's no it's big true. deal. Yeah. They just need to like let like be more carefree about it, yeah. I think, almost. And I'll say one more thing. And then please, please share your thought. But this is this is just going riding the roller coaster of my brain right now. But, Let's um, go. Uh, I think, or I suspect, that people that are not wanting to be boxed in are actually the. So they they would say, "Don't box me in," in the name of, "I'm bigger than this hmm. these labels." Hmm. However, I think those types of people are running from themselves. Hmm. they're scared of naming good and bad things about themselves. And so yeah. like yeah. they're, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to sound mean and I might even edit that out. I just, no, I, I don't it's know. It's a slight call out. It's a slight call out no, to anybody that's su- suspicious of personality tests. I think that there's almost like a, what, what is there to fear in it? Like, I don't know why people make a fuss about it. Cause it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm just trying this thing, you know? I'm trying to be a better person, trying to like use all the tools we got, you know, and I don't know why people got to be haters. Haters, haters going to hate. People have some uh, some weird fantasies about how it, personality tests are going to be misused. Yeah. To like box people in or oh, no. write people off. I've never seen it. I, I believe it could happen. I guess, But in yeah. my experience with personality tests, I have never even seen like an immature reckless person misuse hmm. the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs in the way that people fear they might be oh, misused. I've just yeah. never seen it. Yeah. I'm sure it happens and I'm sure it could happen, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't either. So there's that. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I was <laughs> just going to say, uh, this was just a really helpful way for me to think about the Enneagram that gave me a little bit more um, ease about the idea of being boxed in. Because I had that similar reaction, I would say, like at first. Um, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and uh, once someone gave this idea of, you know, each number is kind of its own color. And within 
that color, there's all these different hues and shades and lights. And so every person is their own kind of unique point on that color, mm. like hue. Um, but there's this kind of commonality and the similarity and there's baseness that we may have or at least share with each other. And kind of just being able to experience those other, I don't know, perspectives and see how other people's base colors, but also recognize that you have your own personal way of experiencing the world and people. Uh, man, the Enneagram is, I get so sentimental about it. Sentimental, I like it. Oh, do we have any other things that we'd want to say about uh, haters or doubters or non-believers? Mm. <laughs> uh, no, I don't a- think Any other so. reservations you hear aside from boxed in? Oh, I mean, I think... And this is, I think, also my own. Can I? This is my own. Mm. I question it a lot. Ooh, okay. Here you go. I Doubters, that, you have a partner. I think that it's. I question it a lot in the sense of like, similarly to how I question, just a lot of systems that we use in today's world. Like this is just a system. This mm. is just like a a means of communicating. Like it's not. It doesn't hold. I don't think this like insane eternal truthness. I think right. I used to always look and search for eternal truthness, and now I just can kind of see something for its its practicality and its wisdom and its uh, thoughtfulness. Because there's a lot of people who have put a lot of thought into it and who write a lot of really helpful, interesting books about it that help us understand people. And uh, that's that's real, even if the system is. These nine, maybe... The Enneagram wasn't handed down on two stone tablets. No. From some deity. No, no, but it... It's a human creation. Yeah, it is. It, but it I, supposedly it's been around for a long time. There's like this whatever pentameter. Everybody always says it's, a, it's an ancient tool. Yeah, and, and like every foreword of every book, it kind of talks ancient. about that. And it has a lot of roots. And like, I think it was actually, uh, it originated in... Uh, Sufi religion. Okay. That but, sounds right to me based on... But uh, at this point, I don't know. Yeah. It's now so kind of new agey and Christians books. have adopted it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the, the thing, I'll say one more thing too about like uh, skepticism or haters or doubters is as a five observer slash investigator, I'm yeah. supposedly supposed to be a lot more suspicious of something like this. Yeah. Supposedly fives don't like the Enneagram. And I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you I'm and it, I think it's great. Jack and Ruben. Yeah, fine. all the fives in my life. Ru- Ruben like it. was he was a hater skeptical. at first. Yeah. He was a hater so, at first. So it but takes now. a lot. It takes a while. Um, let me let me ask you one final question. Is okay. Like, just what was your experience like just this last week going a little deeper <sighs> with the Enneagram? Because because you definitely had an experience. How how would you describe that? Oh, um, I think I saw myself in very in new ways but I more than anything so I've I've done a lot of work to understand my number as a number four which I don't know the individualist the romantic the tragic romantic that's it's kind of names um (laughs) and more than anything this week I was trying to understand other numbers better um and in doing that was also just really trying to understand the people around me's uh, numbers and I was looking at my own number in relation to others and it just helped me to like understand um, how much we react on instinct and how much like growing I have to do but also like how capable I am of that growing and like understanding other people like uh, I think that's something that I really want to push into and lean into is just like 
yeah, I want to be more empathetic to other people in a way that's serving to them, but also like good for me. So, uh, it's been good. It's also helped me to like understand what I need as a person and how I like can best thrive. Yeah. It's been good, man. <laughs> you know, I, I love I it. Our response is like, I'm trying to like, we have a pitch for the Enneagram. If you oh, have, if, sorry. Was that supposed to be a pitch? No, 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 no. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to get oh. what you said was perfect. I, I just, I'm just trying to think of like, um, the di- different types of people that might be listening. Maybe maybe there's people that understand the Enneagram and who knows what they get out of this episode. And there's yeah. people that are like skating on the surface of it. That w- it was like me that has heard about it. I had some sort of familiarity with the numbers, but I had never actually done the work. And there's maybe people that have no idea what we're talking about. And I, I guess I'm just trying to say like, here's another thing about the Enneagram in terms of my experience. I've, I've had experiences where I've sat and read the description of somebody I know and love and when I read that description with that person in mind, it's very emotional. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, what, what, here's one way I'll describe why it's emotional. And it's to say, it's putting words around this person's core truth mm. almost. Hmm. And you see it so clearly. Yeah. And uh, it's really sweet. There's a, there's a sadness to it too, but. Yeah, the, the Enneagram kind of gets crap because it's sad almost. It often like kind of is... Uh, it kind of shows your dark side. I mean, it reveals in one level your ego. That's like part of it. Um, and typically the the number that you respond most strongly to is the one that is your number. And it's usually the one that kind of you feel is the most like gut-wrenching. Um, so I think that might be another reason why some people... It causes you to get the most defensive. Yeah, I think that might be a reason why some people may not... Um, gravitate towards it um because it can seem a little bit negative and I think I was a little bit like nervous about it in that sense um but I think it has been another pitch this would be a pitch actually right. is if you're looking for a tool for self like introspection this is a this is just one of them there's like so many out there but this is like a way in which you can at least be asking yourself certain questions about why you're doing what you're doing or why you respond the way you respond so it's just another tool in your tool belt of self-introspection, which mm-hmm. I think is a huge aspect of what makes us whole, healthy human beings. That's I don't good. Know. I don't know. A tool. It's a tool. Just yeah. Use it however you want. I just feel like. Well, not however you want, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't just. We're just. We're just trying to like do the best we can each and every day, and <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we do it. Sometimes <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that we've gotten to this point, I would hope that you we kind of like have almost studied this on some level and like put it into practice on also on some level. So while I definitely don't think we come at this as experts, we come at as like, you know, like, hey, we're trying this and like maybe we'll share some ways it's been helpful and encourage. I think I think it's worth diving into. So like I, I hope that this is encouragement, to be honest. Yeah. Encouragement to start a journey. Yeah. Or if you if you've already started, maybe to dive a little deeper. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're a hater, stop being a hater. Yeah, or I mean, if you want to hate, that's fine. I that's fine. That's I, fine. It's, Go ahead. And I, hate. The, the thing is, we're going to be over here enjoying not, the enneagram. I know, but I don't want hate. it to. Be, I also don't want it to come across <laughs> or seem like like I 
I can still interact with people when I don't know their numbers. Like, oh, but yeah. like, you know, and so you don't have to, the whole world doesn't have to convert to the Enneagram, but, uh, I don't know if you're looking for a tool to help you. But Here just know that we're all numbering you and boxing you in. Okay. Are we going to talk about the five? So here's here's the thing is I'll, I'll basically hand it over to Macy to a certain extent. But um, our hope is that over a certain amount of time, uh, maybe a year, we'll have an opportunity to, to deep dive each number. Yeah. So I'm yeah. a five. Macy is a four. We have, I think, friends in every category. And yeah. It would be great to have an opportunity to host them on the podcast and figure out what it's like for them to be that number. Yeah. So that's just another, just example of like not boxing. We want to hear from each person individually what it's like for them to be that number. That's the color thing. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. yeah, It's your podcast. The Enneagram (laughs) has also, it gives us, it gives us like a tools and a means for us to like ask the people we're close with, like kind of questions that we maybe wouldn't have had a language in which to ask it before. Like I, I brought, like I was camping this last weekend with my friends and was like really trying to understand. Like I had all my friends like take the test, like had, I was, I encouraged them and they wanted to. Um, (laughs) And some of them had already like thought they knew what their numbers were. But now that I have a deeper understanding, it like, it helped me to like, I was talking to my friends and she was trying to decide if she was a two, six or a nine. And we were going through all of it. And I was just talking with her. And I feel like even just us having that conversation, like I understand her better. And I at least understand the way she sees the world and just the way we were talking through things. Cause it's so different than me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so easy for us to assume that everybody approaches the world with a similar attitude as us, but we all approach it so differently. And this gives us a tool and a way in which we can maybe start to see that and start to see outside ourselves and start to see ourselves. So well said. Final thought. (laughs) Final thought. We'll have 17 more probably. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Let's get to the five. (laughs) All right. uh, So this week we're going to focus on five, which is awkward because I guess that's me, but yeah, no, why is that awkward? Super awkward. I don't know. Fives are super fun. I'm I'm going to be excited to like turn the, well, that's like, maybe that's a five mentality as I like to, listen and observe other people, not myself, but I guess I'm I'm now I'll let you maybe ask questions or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've got questions, (laughs) but okay. So I I identify as a five, I identify as a five, which is the observer slash investigator. When did you first know, or at least, so you talked about that you, I didn't know that you thought you were a four. I don't think. Which oh, yeah. is interesting because we were probably learning about this at the same time. <laughs> Shows how much I listened. <laughs> but when did you realize that you were a five? I said earlier that I don't necessarily recommend taking a test. Yeah. But the test did help me. So I guess if you're this for like, I'm not saying this is a diss because I'm, I'm saying it about myself. If you're yeah. a person that's sort of by nature a little slightly lazy, um, go ahead and take a test. Because mm-hmm. that, that, will, that will spark the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was slightly lazy in the initial phases. I think if I had been coached and given the time, I would have, like, read this book. Like, yeah. like basically, the Enneagram Bible is something called the Wisdom of the Enneagram. Yeah, it's really And good. we have that here on our table, and there's lots of Enneagram books. But, like, I think the best way to do it would probably have been to, like, 
explore each number on my own and, yeah. and self-identify. Yeah, but, that's what they say you're, like, supposed to do, yeah. but... But the test uh, helped point me towards five. Hmm. And when I read about five, it totally resonated. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what people say is uh, the number that causes you to be sort of the most defensive yeah. is probably your number. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely five for me, too. Like, I... Uh, Macy and I are different in the sense that, like, I don't resonate with a lot of numbers. Macy seems to resonate with lots of different numbers. <laughs> I don't resonate with two. I definitely don't resonate with three. Definitely don't resonate with six or seven. I can sometimes get in the headspace of an eight, a nine, a one, and a four. Um, but um, where do you go in inter- or in stress seven? Seven. But so, can you yeah understand that headspace very much? Uh, seven. Yeah. Well, I feel like you were raised to be a seven. Which... I was raised to be a seven. Uh, that's <laughs> a, that's a big conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. If we want to get into that. Uh, the seven is called the enthusiast, and so this is what you learn about your different numbers. Is is in theory, you go to a certain number in stress. So this is the thing I would recommend to people, like in terms of it not being science. Yeah. It, it, see if it fits or it resonates. If it doesn't, no big deal. But like. Yeah. That does resonate almost in a tragic sense with me. Hmm. Okay, so let's Can just say this about example? myself. <laughs> myself or... So th- th- this is not only obviously like a conversation about fives. It's a conversation about me. Yeah. Which is funny, but uh, an awkward, I feel like. But, um, <laughs> this isn't awkward. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it gave me a lens and a uh, language to talk about sort of my past experiences. But here's what I'll say about fives going to sevens in stress. Um. I assumed that we were meant to, as humans, be in a constant state of enjoyment and enthusiasm mm. and excitement. Yeah. And that, to a certain extent, we were seeking opportunities to make that happen, whether it was a party mm. or just any event that sort of heightened our experience and got us pumped. Yeah. And all my life, I was, I, I look back on it and think, like, I was so. I was acting Hmm. like I was never excited and definitely not as excited as I was coming across. I know I'd go to a a dance or a party and um, I'm thinking internally, if I was being honest with myself, I'm not having fun. I don't want to be here, but this is what humans do. Yeah. So smile, act pumped, act like everyone else, do the classic thing. And maybe that will make it real. I, I mean, you have no way of thinking about this as a younger person. So it's almost manic. It's like, yeah, you go into this. I'm life. having fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. Party, party, party. And it's like, but not really. Was <laughs> and, this you in college? College. And, and it's like, what we're talking about is like a really subdued sort of Christianized, Christianized. version of this. But like, even in high school, I'm, I'm talking about mostly high school. Hmm. Um, first of all, I wasn't like a partier. And this is what's really interesting is like growing up, I would say that I, I, or as I got older, like into my 20s, I would always look back at high school and say, oh, I didn't party, hmm. quote unquote, because I was like this hyper moral person. Hmm. And actually, it's, I think it's just like I didn't, didn't like parties. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to like, go. I just didn't. <laughs> that, that is the deep insight. It was, <laughs> it was this mystery. I'm like, how did my parents raise such a moral kid? I, I, was, I had such a moral compass. And it's like, I just didn't want to go to any parties. <laughs> I was just scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I want to be at home. Um, so, I don't, so I don't quite know how that addresses your question, but like, I just think, uh, no, I think seven, they go into like a oh, hyperactive, yeah. uh, fives go into this, like 
hyperactive this, mode. This yeah. thing that I believe about sevens when you watch them and observe them is that they're genuinely enjoying themselves yeah. w- with activity yeah. and stimulation. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. I would enjoy myself the most with lack of activity, <laughs> lack of stimulation, well, or a different kind of stimulation. Like I'm stimulated through a song or a book or a thought. And it's not like sevens aren't because they're in the head triad. But uh, This is the most five thing. I like, n- I just want to be listening and yeah. analyzing a song yeah. or reading a book like, by myself. I don't need my... Uh, maybe it's the difference between, like, my physical body. I don't need my physical body involved in a, a novel experience. Hmm. I'm fine. Totally. Not even fine. I am at my best sitting in a quiet room. <laughs> I it, 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 it's crazy to think that a seven or a different type of personality would think that like they would pity me, you know? <laughs> yeah, they like don't understand that you're like, oh no, this is good. This is good. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, seven in stress. Like, it's sad when people that know me as a youth pastor and and would assume most people when that most people that know the Enneagram and know me assumed when they started reading the Enneagram that I was a seven because hmm. that's the, that's the trait and the quality that I manifest easily and the, and the most frequently yeah. as a youth pastor. Well, and they always joke that youth pastors are always sevens. Yeah. And so which is, I, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And people that know the Enneagram that really well, once they hear that I'm a five hmm. ha- have so much sympathy for me. Yeah. So oh, nice. cause you, you're placed <laughs> in the most crazy places of five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. That, I guess that's where I go in stress. But can you think of a word or like a a phrase or a sentence that you've heard about the five that just made you feel hmm. that like super resonated with you, and why maybe or like a what word, it meant for you? A phrase <laughs> or a sentence. I'll just kind of take where that question takes me in my brain. Is uh, I think I'm introvert. Hmm. You know and. Um, this is all part of a deeper journey for me of figuring out truly what an introvert was four or five years ago. And um, that was another big aha moment Hmm. for me. Hmm. It's affirmation. I mean, that's what I'd say again as in defense of like personality tests or the Enneagram. Um, It's being seen, it's being known, it's being validated. Uh, It's, it's feeling less alone. Yeah. It's, It's feeling like this is a credible way to exist. Yeah. And so uh, there was a book I read called Quiet that was about introversion. It's right here on the desk. Uh, let's see. I forget the woman's. Uh, Susan Kane, who is a successful lawyer and then spent six years studying and writing about introversion. And so the book is called Quiet. It was given mm. to me by my friend Laura, who already had suspicions that this would resonate <laughs> with me. That's and so sweet. It just I, I, One of the main takeaways from this book is like, we are a country and a culture that prioritize and value extroverts. She does this great mm. chapter on the history of our country in terms of there was a season or a time before like the industrial revolution where we valued quietness. We valued industrious workers who kind of kept their head down and did their hard work. But it was at least the way she describes it, the rise of the salesman that made mm. charisma and energy, the top priority or the top value in our culture. Hmm. So we really value people that like have a lot of charisma, a lot of energy, uh, the ability to sell you on something. Yeah. And she said, which is really kind of haunting to think about, that the Harvard Business School values charismatic B students instead of 
awkward A students. Hmm. So I think um, five and introversion kind of goes hand in hand classically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to read about a five and to know that there's some validity in being by yourself and researching or reading. Or so like it's just as, it's just as valid. valid. It's valid. Yeah. Maybe that's another word. So introversion, quiet, that sort of thing, I think really uh, sits and that, well with me. And that it's not like you're, you're not like alone as being like the only person who feels that way. Like there's a whole, there's lots of people and it's lots good. of people. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, the Enneagram, each number has a sort of set of dark things that the number mm. brings with it that are really important to be aware of. Yeah. And, um, those have been really healthy and good for me to know. What and are the, what are the five dark things? Oh, oh, oh yeah. The five, the, the, the dark things of the five. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Avarice it w- or, or something you call like greed. Yeah. So like fives are generally hoarders and it's like exactly what you said earlier about the one, like, um, ones are constantly like cleaning their house, but that's just a metaphor. It's just what they they value cleaning and tidying up the most, whether yeah. it's their bank account or a yeah. system or yeah. a political system or whatever. Like they want to tidy things up and uh, fives um, hoard. So I have a friend that identifies as a five that says he hoards his emotions, mm. that he doesn't share his emotions with people easily. Mm. And that's mm. um, his way of saying it I think personally if I was just being honest I hoard many 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 things like I hoard my personal time I hoard money I heard hoard resources Uh, I don't like the idea of sharing yeah yeah and when it tells like a five and all these like things where it gives fives advice on, on like how to move to integration it gives a lot of advice on sharing and open hands and giving and um, that really makes me nervous hmm. because because <laughs> you have a need to what what like what makes you so nervous about opening up or like uh, why well, what is honestly, the need like to thinking hoard? like theologically we believe in this idea of a god of abundance or just the concept of abundance and I actually think that that syncs up with reality I think it, hmm. it syncs up with um, sort of. Uh, lots of different lenses. It syncs up with uh, an abundance of nature, like resources just in terms of like food and resources in the world, but it also syncs up financially. Like, honestly, there is enough money for everybody if we figured out the right way to Mm -hmm. dispense the money. Um, I, at my core, somehow don't feel that. Like, I Mm. I I can believe it intellectually but i don't trust abundance Hmm. i think there's limited resources for everybody and uh limited knowledge limited love limited Hmm. everything Hmm. and so giving something away feels so threatening to me and that 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 is what that's what it would say about a five and that's what feels true to me so Hmm. i don't read that about a five like that doesn't sit yeah Uh, i'm like that resonates 100 percent with me wow that's really interesting yeah yeah, that makes. But, but that's something I should be working on. So yeah, any, I mean, any move and step I make to sharing and giving and yeah. being available, that that's, that's what, what you're saying. That's what you're saying about empathy. Yeah. Like every everybody has something with, that when they do this act, comes at a great cost to them, or hmm. it's or it's a risk. Yeah. And every number has their own version of that. Mine would be 
giving up my time or sharing, sharing, just sharing. Doing, doing this podcast <laughs> is you integrating. Yeah, and it feels good. It's, yeah. it's a fun little um, mild risk. It's yeah. a mild risk that has been very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what has it been like for, can I ask what it's been like for your marriage that you, since you've identified as a five or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, so uh, so uh, we, we talk about the Enneagram in our family. What is it like to be in, to have been identified as a five in my marriage? Yeah, I guess also just in your family. Like how does, yeah. how does being a five function in your family and how is like knowing that you're a five uh, helped you in your relationships? I have a daughter that's 12 that identifies as an eight. I have a son that's 14 that also identifies as a five. So there's some connecting and bonding on that. And also some frustration and impatience that Mm. inevitably comes from being with somebody that shares your type. And then, like we said, my wife is a nine. So she's like the most chill, (laughs) most accepting, most open-minded. So like, it's been so fun. It's not just been the Enneagram, but it's it's been a a whole bunch of different personality tests and revelations about like who I am that Marissa has just been so affirming and eager to explore. So, I mean, we could go throughout my entire family and like our daily rhythms and stuff like that. I guess I would just say in terms of our marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, here we are in Whidbey Island. I'm out here for three days by myself and Marissa's not only supportive of this, but celebrates it. Yeah. So she knows that like, me getting away and being by myself is very important. Yeah. This, this to me, and this is true. It's so, I mean, this might surprise people being, being away by myself for a weekend is the equivalent of some sort of big party. Yeah. Whatever anybody's experiencing when they get pumped up for a party is what I experience when I come out here. And uh, maybe, maybe this is another way of saying it too, for certain people, whether, whether we're thinking Enneagram or just different types of personalities. Um, Maybe the dread that you'd experience coming out by yourself and being alone for three days is the same type of dread I feel about going to a big gathering of, of people. That is so <laughs> interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, because uh, that's what the Enneagram teaches you, though, is that, yeah. like, your ideal day is, like, being by yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. On an island where no one can come get you and you just have all your books. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the image, the metaphor almost, I feel like an island is almost a metaphor for me. I'm very captivated yeah. by an island. I just love the idea of like being separate and distant and unaccessible. Yeah. That's a very nice feeling to me. Can you get like, give like maybe three tips of like what you are, like how people can best like, uh, I guess, honor you or Ooh, like. What a great question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I, I want to stop and, and like just respect say, yeah. who you are and like mm. uh, and love and care for you. I don't know. Mm. I, I just want to pause and say like what th- one of the things I per- like about this podcast is that this isn't scripted. Like I, <laughs> I had no idea Macy was going to ask me that. Oh yeah, so sorry. We're asking, we're asking and answering in real time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna engage this question. I think one thing is uh, respect, not even respect, uh, appreciate uh, that not everybody needs the same type of stimulation. Like I have a lot of friends, Hmm. some that identify seven, but others uh, uh, also. Uh, I think we engage the world in this sense that like a big experience is always a good thing. Hmm. You know, put that in quotes or whatever, like uh, in italics, 
A big experience is always a good thing. Everybody has their different version of a big experience. Hmm. Like, it's it seems like it's hard for some some people to comprehend that a big experience would be sitting and staring off. Hmm. That's a big experience. There's so much to think about and so much to just <laughs> absorb and contemplate. <laughs> uh, I think I think what we talk about like a certain certain people and personalities and authors and writers and thinkers that are fives. I have to believe that Annie Dillard is in this category. She yeah. has to be a five. Yeah, no, I mind. think she has to be a five. Yeah. Maybe. Even a five-wing forward or something. A five-wing four, probably. And she's this wonderful author that I feel like is a kindred spirit with me. And I can't read any of her writing without instantly tearing up. Yeah. Because I feel like she gets it. And mm. I guess what, what people have said, I guess I'll also say five with a four-wing. Yeah. And maybe we'll talk about wings in a different episode, but like theoretically, according to the Enneagram, that you have a wing that's a, a number that's on either side of your number. Yeah. So you so as a five, you can be a five with a six wing or five with a four wing, and I'm definitely a five with a four wing, which is is this thing of they would say like connecting the head and the heart. So Annie Dillard, what she'll do is she will uh, do some sort of deep dive analysis in a five sense, hmm. uh, an observation about the world that's just like so intricate, and then at the very last second she'll add a paragraph about the heart, hmm. and it just hits you like. A gut punch, and it's mm. so perfect to me. Yeah, that speaks to me. Um, I've only read like two of her things, and I, it's really emotional she's each so time. Good. <laughs> Ruben loves her too, which is funny because we're all like in that zone, in that kind of four or five zone. <laughs> um, I guess I would say that uh, to appreciate that people are stimulated in different ways. I don't, I don't need a lot of like what I would classically call like frenetic energy. I don't need lights and sound and people and you know white noise I, I don't know I don't know I don't know what it what people are searching for when they're searching for that yeah I I know that in the early days I thought that was what we we're supposed to be searching for yeah uh, so I, I don't know like one tip is to appreciate that people are stimulated in different ways I would ask somebody to appreciate that I oh I remember what I was gonna say about Annie Dillard she has this novel and one of the main characters uh, is living by herself and has so many thoughts. I have to imagine mm-hmm. like this is Annie Dillard putting herself into this character to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And she says she basically spends her days searching for a thought hmm. and can't get it. And that really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And then she has this great line where she says she kept waiting for the thought, waiting for that wake up every day, thinking, thinking, thinking. And as she's going to bed, she was like, the thought hasn't come yet. And it says... Until then, she cleared the runway. Meaning mm. like this, like it's this imagery of like this thought is coming. We know it's coming. It's landing. It's on a plane. Mm. It's, it's going to be delivered. And we need to make sure we're ready for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That just totally resonates with me. I'm waiting for this Brains big giant are thought. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. and to a certain extent, I'm trying to create space to clear the runway for that thought. Wow. And maybe sometimes you get it, but like. I'm hoping it comes, you know? Yeah. And so like, the, the fives a party are so is a in their head. Yeah. Fives are so in their head. Yeah. A party would be a, a not clearing the runway. A party is a distraction from the big thought I'm waiting to yeah. get. Yeah. You know? And that's why when you can have space, you're like, I can like prepare the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. for this big old thought to come. You said three tips. I, I, I'll try to do two more, qu- more, more quick than uh, that. Oh, it's, it's fine. 
Well, yeah. I like the idea of tips. Okay. <laughs> I also have a few more thoughts on the vibe. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, another another tip is this idea of, of fives like to be valued for their ideas. Yeah, So yeah. this is something that my wife, Marissa, and I have talked about is one of the best ways you can honor me. I hope it's not like placating or humoring. Yeah. But it's to say back in detail what I have been saying. That, hmm. that is That feels... Like, whatever people would experience if they get a big, giant hug, like a mm. literal hug. I'm not talking metaphorically. That feels like a hug to me. If you say, oh, what I hear you saying is blank, 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 I'm like, oh, that can go one of two ways. <laughs> it gives me a chance to clarify, which is a great opportunity for me, or it gives me a chance to be like, oh, you heard me, and, and whether or not you agree with me, you, 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 you heard, you heard me. it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that is a, 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 a gift to a five. Yeah. I, I think another thing is just give... Give the five some space. Yeah, yeah. Give, back the frig up. Yeah. <laughs> Give the five some room. They want some space. <laughs> and they when they get their space, they want it to yeah. themselves. Yeah, And I'll say this to anybody <laughs> that's engaging with a five. Like, this is the crazy thing that I would encourage people to trust. That let's say you're... I, I have some friends of mine that, like have been so generous. I, I've, I've viewed this as I've gotten older as yeah. generosity in, in terms of making space for me in their lives. Hmm. Like understanding that I need space and they don't get as resentful or frustrated or impatient with that. Yeah. The crazy thing is that when you create that space for a, a person that identifies a, as a five, it actually makes them want to spend more time with you. Yeah. So the more space you give initially, the actual, I think it will come back to you and You'll be seeing They'll trust more trust you more. Them. Yeah. Well, because I think as I was researching stuff on the five and listening to different stories on the five, there the word intrusion kept coming up, oh, and this intrusion. idea of that fives, and this is this is something that I was talking to you about. It's a funny experience, but like fives are so often. I don't want to generalize, but this was a story of that. Like fives are often so in their head that when. Uh, someone comes into their space, it always feels like an intrusion. Like everything yeah, is, is entering their zone and they don't, their, their first reaction is kind of like shock, like shock yes. that someone would come and ask them something or would come and interrupt their space. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish so that you true. could have seen your face the other day when I walked in your office Ugh. and your door wasn't shut. So I was like, oh, he's fine. Cause if he shuts the door, then it's like, leave him be. But um, I walked in and you were clearly in a headspace. And you looked shocked <laughs> that I was there. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Bye. Like, <laughs> but but that's, what, that's what you're highlighting about the, the goodness of all of this is like it gave you the lens to see and appreciate that. Yeah. Like, because it's like you couldn't help it yeah. that, that shocks you. Like, and I was like, oh, he was like on a train of thought. Like, but he needs to finish his train of thought. But you left your door open. So <laughs> <bad>. your fault. <laughs> I want to tell a story that I think... Uh, Highlights of five. Give us the story. <laughs> there's, there's, there's lots of different things, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just re remind people like the five is called the observer or the investigator, and I think I'm most comfortable in that role. Like, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I think that's another just uh, kind of nod to what the enneagram is supposed to do is show us things that we're also supposed to be working on. So. Mm -hmm. Although it's a good thing that I like to observe and investigate, it can go awry, and, and that's in the sense that I'm just not participating in life. Yeah. So, like, for example, I've got two stories. The most, the most recent one was a fall retreat that we did, 
Hmm. And um, uh, so, so Macy and I work with a youth group at a church, and we had a fall retreat, and we were hosting a dance party. <laughs> and this is like classic five investigator observer. I am like DJing. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> dance with everybody. I'm much you happier. You just rather watch everyone. Watch everybody, and that sounds kind of creepy to a certain extent. But like, I'm just, I'm just so happy to see everybody having fun. Yeah. And I can question what's this fun all about? You know, like <laughs> this is so interesting, and this music is making people dance this certain way. You know. Uh, so yeah, I feel like you had a lot of. Uh, after that, you had a lot of thoughts on like different people's like personalities yeah. based on what came out during so the dance. So much interesting, <laughs> and I know certain songs that I know are going to activate people, and that's really fun for me to be able yeah. to play. Um, but there was a moment at the end that I was very excited about where I played Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. And I, this is another very five thing about me. It's like the most classic five is I really enjoy making videos, photography, mm. videography, and then processing my memories afterward. I mean, yeah. you can even say the podcast is similar. Like, yeah. I'm experiencing it now, but I'll experience it again later when I'm and editing And you love it. the editing. Yeah. yeah, it helps me process the experience. So... Uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, don't stop believing is on. Everybody's flipping out because this is a huge song. It's the finale and I'm going to get my camera and film this. Oh. So I get out into the middle and I'm starting to film people and, and it just was like this mob mentality. People are like, Scott's here. They all surrounded me and started trying to get me to dance and I had lost my camera and I just freaked out. I was like, I've got to find my camera. I'm screaming like, let me out. Let me out. <laughs> it's like, I'm a grown man. I, I kind of look back and think like, that's, <laughs> that's not a five moving into in, integration. Like me sort of living into my five is like, yes, it's valid that I like to be a videographer and, and observe and record this. I should have also been able to be in the experience and dance and had fun with everybody. I guess. It's not like, it's not like I always have to be putting myself in that situation. Right. But when it happens... You shouldn't have to like. I'm. I, I really do believe I'm missing out. Like I'm missing mm. out on a special moment. Yeah, that dance know? party was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this other little story that I think is just again like a snapshot of a five, and I may, maybe. I love my, these five stories. My like, my what I like to think of that is if there is a five listening to this and they resonate, and it's just a nice little fun story. Yeah. But I, I it's it's been fun to think back on stories like this because I've got like thirty of them. And think like, oh, it's it was introversion. It was a five. It was this thing with strength finders. It was INFP, Enneagram, uh, Myers Briggs, whatever. <laughs> um, this man's done it all. Yeah, I've done it all. <laughs> and uh, I just remember like having this like heavy quotes party, <laughs> heavy heavy quotes with my two best friends, Ross <laughs> and Eric. And I had you had your friends over. Yeah, I meticulously planned this evening that was going to involve a special dinner, certain video games, very many activities that I had planned out. <laughs> and in the middle, I was I was perplexed. This then is the I was most perplexed. Thoughtful, yeah. like bro, yeah. gathering. Totally. And I did this, and they come <laughs> over and we're having a decent time. We're we're good friends, and like these sort of like classically cool girls give us this call. So this is not. There's no oh, social Oh, how media. old are you? I'm probably a freshman or sophomore in high school. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, so that <laughs> my house. This story is so different. Yeah. You oh, didn't what were you thinking? That. How do you, uh, now? Uh, you yeah, think I now? was maybe thinking now. Oh, like, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. your friends over? To oh, sorry. You, that's really important. How like so, you play video freshman, games? Freshman, sophomore in high school. That's when <laughs> this story starts. I'm a freshman, sophomore in high school. I have two of my best friends over. I've got this whole evening planned. And these 
this group of four or five girls called that I say, like, again, in heavy quotes again, classically cool. Wow. And uh, they say they're at their house and they're in the hot tub and wants to come Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and my friends are like, oh, what a great opportunity. We got to go. And I was like, what? I'm like, we got, a, we got a plan? We got an what agenda? What is this story? I yeah. never saw this coming. And, I, and I, they wanted to go so bad, we and yet they knew agenda. that I had this plan and this agenda. And, and uh, they were acting awkward, and I was acting awkward. They obviously wanted to go to this house, to this hot tub, but and they also valued like, me as a friend. You couldn't see outside of your agenda? Yeah, and I actually literally crawled up onto my roof and pouted. By myself for probably a good 30 minutes. And I know my friends are like, where's Scott? Like, worried about me? And I was just, like, overwhelmed. And this is what people say about fives is that they literally, like, float up into their heads and mentally detach. Yeah. And at the time, like, I didn't have the the resources or the insight to say, what's happening to me? All I knew was, like, I felt overwhelmed. And I felt crazy for being on my roof. Hmm. And oh, I, yeah. And, I can and, resonate with that. And, and I know, like... My friends thought I was crazy. They're like, yeah. it's a no-brainer to go to the house with the girls in the hot tub. And I was just like, that just seems like so many X factors to me. So many mm. things I can't control. I had a plan. Yeah. I want to be with my friends. And I guess, I guess I would just say again as a, as a, as a pitch for the Enneagram, um, it helped validate that experience for me. Yeah, like and I, it- can, I can look back on that now and say, I've, I've looked back on that for almost 20 years and said, I'm a crazy person. Hmm. Uh, and I'm like, no, oh, no, it's not that. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of big parties. That's all. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's such a interesting story. I can resonate with the, the pouting thing. <laughs> that might be your four wing too. <laughs> I have a four wing that, that manifests itself in pouting sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have to admit that like, I probably, I kind of wanted my friends to come find me. You oh, know. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. So, so you're going to say some things about fives that you've noticed over yeah, the last Yeah, I just think I, I think fives are really cool. I think fives are really interesting. I know Scott really well, and then I know Reuben really well. And they're both five-wing fours, which are, like Scott was saying, this, like, fun kind of, uh, they, they have more tendencies towards their emotional side, which is kind of this fun uh, aspect to them. And I'm a four, I think, wing five. So I have levels of understanding, I guess, of the five. But uh, fives have a way of, like, seeing, being really good at helping you make a decision. Like, I would mm-hmm. say, like, if you're going to, like, if you need to make a decision, a five is going to be really helpful because they're going to, like, want to look at something from all sides and examine it and like they'll probably think about it more than you thought about it I would say and like that's something that can be really helpful I would also say that like can I stop and say something about that yeah if that's true which I think it is and you know a five I guess this is I'm thinking for somebody that knows a five in their life yeah um a true insight is not going to be something that you've already thought about. Right, right, right. No, it won't. So that's the thing about fives and my relationship. First of all, it's not like every five's idea is necessarily going to be a good idea. But what they will often do is, and I know I am able to do this, is look at things from about 10 different angles that you haven't considered yet. And initially it would feel threatening. Yeah, oh, so for sure. So it's not going to be like, oh, what a great idea this five came up with. It's yeah. going to be like, What? I was never even thinking of it like that. And that's uh, typically what I experience is like, that's nonsense. 
let's get back to the real issue. And it's like, uh, you might be missing this. You might be missing it. I think going off of that part of, so when you like bring up something to a five or I don't know, maybe just you, but there's other people, other fives in my life. They'll often like, uh, they're, they're very comfortable throwing out a bunch of ideas mm-hmm. and just letting them all be out there because they're not threatened by ideas, yeah. if that makes sense. That's a great way of saying um, it. I think most fives would resonate with that. And so I think oftentimes people can get um, almost scared by that. Um, but that's like what... I think that's what make fi- makes fives really fun to go and talk to is because they'll, they're like kind of open to anything. They'll consider anything, which is very... Uh, cool and refreshing like they they're uh they're very open-minded I would say um and it's because they're always observing and they're always kind of trying to understand they're seeking to understand and so that they're I think that they're sometimes described as being more like slow and methodical because Mm -hmm. they're they may not immediately have the answer but they'll they'll probably think about it more than anyone else will Uh, Richard Rohr has here's a resource Maybe we'll post oh, some resources. Yeah. Um, Richard Rohr is is a guy that's written a book on the Enneagram, and he's got some just just, just YouTube Richard Rohr Enneagram. Yeah, and he's got some stuff. great presentations, and he has this great thing. First of all, you know we said earlier the six is like a deer. He says like the 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 barn owl is the five who's like up in the corner. It sounds super creepy. Like I don't think it sounds creepy. The, the owl up in the corner watching everything. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is like kind of like voyeuristic or something like that. But anyways. Uh, he he says that like the fives go to phrase is interesting. Like, yeah, you could oh say for something, sure. And I think that's one of the the um, things I notice in my life is like interesting is a non-committal statement. It's not like yes, I agree or hmm. no, that's dumb. It's like everything is interesting, and it's it's a non-committal phrase because it literally is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I I can tell like somebody will say something to me that's like sort of politically obvious. Yeah. This happened in the news. Can you believe? Ba 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 ba. Anger, anger, anger. And I'll be like, interesting. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to trust your vantage point. Yeah. I'll have to go read a few more articles. I'll have to get a few more opinions. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that quite yet. Yeah. And I can tell people are like, but it's so obviously offensive, you know. Mm. And I'm like, ah, uh, I, 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 I just can't comment on that yet, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I think that's, oh, I think we could all learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I had a thing to say about yeah. fives. Fives are, if you get them talking about something they care about, you can't shut them up. And that is, yeah. and I mean, I understand that. And right. it's just so funny. I think part of it is, A, they get so pumped about, okay, I finally get to talk about this thing. And they've like, they've read all the books on it and they've like studied all the information and they've thought through it all. So they have so much to actually say and what they have to say like is really good. It just sometimes is a lot at once. But I also think (laughs) that fives, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a big fear of being misunderstood or that they're going to, uh, people are going to misinterpret their words and make like, if you say something, someone's then going to go make a generalization what you said, and you're like, no, that's not what I... I said it in this nuanced way on purpose. Like, fives can be extremely nuanced, and, yeah. Like, I, Reuven will be so nuanced in his words, and I, I'm constantly having to correct a sentence to, like, fit all the correct nuances to be what I meant to say. But it, it's helpful. They help us to have better, like, tools of communicating our own knowledge. 
That, that's why I said one of the best ways you can love a five is to say back what they've said. Yeah, they yeah. Say that you've gotten it. Yeah. Or to at least give them a chance to clarify. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I as a person who loves information, uh, I love I love fives because they'll just chat about something for so, so long and they know so, so much. And I just want to sit and be like, teach me, teach me this thing. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I, I'll, I'll say this for me personally. Like, I don't mind saying that, like, I've been going to counseling for about a year now and it's the Enneagram has synced up well with that. Hmm. And what I would say about the Enneagram that I've said in counseling, and I've said this about other personality tests too, is like, it's, it's like a microscope that this is my metaphor to everybody. It doesn't have to fit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a microscope to view yourself through. So, hmm. so the Enneagram, like Macy has said over and over again, is a tool. So the tool in this sense is a microscope. Yeah. And you can look at yourself. Now, the really trippy thing for me, and I think this would resonate for a lot of people, it's not just about fives, any number, any oh. number in terms of yeah. like a personality test or an Enneagram is I could see myself through the Enneagram and know that this is true hmm. and yet not know necessarily how to act that way in the world because I've been trying to act a different way. Hmm. So basically, I've been trying to act like a seven my whole yeah. life. And I'm not... I've been I've I've been feeling more comfortable being a five, hmm. but um, I wouldn't say that. First of all, I knew that that was a valid way to exist in the world, hmm. and two, like I'm not experienced being it. Yeah. So like I'm trying. You're to still let like be trying it. to let yourself yeah. be that. Yeah, and I know that like people want me to behave as a seven. They're hmm. more familiar with me behaving as a seven. And they, they don't, and this is, again, like, in terms of, like, the Enneagram is a tool for empathy. People that don't under, understand that part of me don't understand the, the tragic cost, basically. Yeah, like, it's kind of a big sacrifice yeah. to you that you have been put in so many, like, social situations yeah. and, like, needing to be so exposed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting to think about. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I guess in terms of our podcast, like, we could keep going, you know? Like, this is just this is scratching the surface. That's, that's yeah. everything we've talked about so far. Playlists, Asian Wisdom, 21 Pilots, <laughs> you know, this is, I think this is just the beginning of our discussion on Enneagram, like... This is this is just scratching the surface of five. Yeah, we there's will just so much scratch the surface of four. You know, because yeah. fives are considered the most complex. Yeah. Can I just say a few like suggestions for people like uh, books or podcast yeah. recommendations? Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so if this intrigued you at all, which I hope it did, uh, and maybe you know a five and you're like, oh, this keeps me understanding to understand my five in my life. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but we have a few, I would have a few suggestions. So I've already said it, the sacred Enneagram by Chris Hewart, I believe. I will hopefully check that out. Make sure it's right. And then we'll post these things. We'll post these. I think we say that and then we don't, but maybe we'll try it actually. You got to actually do it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the wisdom of the Enneagram by Don, Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. This is as Scott said, kind of like the Bible of the Enneagram. Um, Wisdom of the Enneagram. You can only you can only get a physical copy. It's not like you can't do Kindle or iBooks. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott graciously lent me this 
this week and I read a lot of it. Um, the Enneagram, A Christian Perspective, is Richard Rohr's book. And I haven't actually read it, but I've read snippets of it. And I've heard really good things about it. Richard Rohr is a really cool thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you're a Christian, I think that this book would be helpful for you in yeah. the Enneagram. Um, podcast, I recently discovered this podcast called The Enneagram for Idiots. And I love it. I'm kind of obsessed with it already. Um, it's too... I think they're probably in their 30s, just besties who goof around and a talk about and the Enne- a four and an eight. It's so fun <laughs> and talk about the Enneagram. But they they have a really deep understanding of it, but then they use it in fun, goofy ways. So it's a it's a banter podcast. I think that's what they that's call it. That's a great way, I, they, a good they way call to put that? it. A banter podcast, which oh. I think, I think are, we're not banter per se. We're a conversation podcast. Man, I want to, I want to dabble in the banter. Though. <laughs> does that work, like, <laughs> does banter imply like us just going, I don't even know what that necessarily implies. I, 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 feel, I feel like it puts like a, a, the agenda on hold really kind of, and just like, riffing. Like, let's just riff. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Like going, I'm not, I'm not the best. I feel, I feel like we, we each, each episode we've had a so somewhat of an agenda, oh. which isn't bad. I, I'm kind of proud of that. But well, at the same I think time, they I do. Like it a little I bit. think they kind of have an agenda, but they ha- they have a theme. But I, I feel like they riff. Yeah, we got to riff more. Yeah, I guess I'm not gonna riff. We'll, we'll experiment with that. Um, oh, okay. And then um, the Liturgist podcast has a two hour long podcast, which is kind of a long podcast, but it will go over all the types. And it's uh, they interview uh, Ian Cron and oh, I forget the lady's name. Oh, oh boy, terrible! You remember the white man? <laughs> well, he has a podcast too. Uh, he has a podcast t- called, called typology. typology. Which would you suggest typology? What an interesting question! <laughs> I'll be on the record of not suggesting. <laughs> I, I don't think I do. I've only it's, listened it's fine, to it like twice, like but I haven't been enthusiastic about it. About it. Um, but the liturgist one's pretty good. Uh, that's a good resource. And then online would be good. And then I guess also just if you know people who care about it, ask them what it's like. I think that's the best resource is asking your friends what it's like. And I mean, in general, it's helped me, but I also just think like, let's ask the people we care about how we can best care about them. Great advice, regardless of if you're studying the Enneagram. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just learning. I'm just starting to dabble into that. Um, And it's challenged me, but it's been good for me. Hmm. Those are my thoughts. Uh, I would also recommend this book. It's called Quiet. <laughs> Is this about the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, it's not about the Enneagram. It's just a book for introverts. And, oh, and it's oh. like, if you want, if you feel like you're an introvert and, and really want to read, in my experience, the definitive book on introversion, this book called Quiet by Susan Kane is the book. And uh, if you're a person that is in... Uh, is is constantly interacting with an introvert and confused by it. This would really help you. Yeah. Um, so I think five and introversion kind of go hand in hand. I'm sure, in terms of like boxing people, and I'm sure there has to be some extroverted introverts. Extroverted fives is what I mean. Is that the wrap up, or we? <laughs> I just like really went on a tangent about the some the recommendations. recommendations. I just don't want to. I want. I just want to make sure that everyone has like next steps and they're available like they know what they are yeah. because uh they've been helpful for me and you i think this is uh recommendations enneagram edition <gasps> yeah also oh could we have people <laughs> uh i don't know if you want to keep this in there or not but 
If you are listening to this podcast and you happen to know what number you are and you want to share a fun story of your number, oh please, please email it to no small thing podcast at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. That would be so fun. It I would, would we so would love fun. to read those and as we just said, get to know the numbers better. If you don't want to do that, go ahead even, and, and it, write it in the comments of Instagram. Send it any way you want. Oh, yeah. Any way you want. Yeah. Also, it doesn't have to be a fun story. It could be just a story. A dark I, story. A dark story. I would. I mean, honestly, let's be vulnerable. Let's open up. Fives are drawn to the dark and the forbidden. So and I'd fours are also drawn to the vulnerable yeah. and the dark and the tragic. So uh, bring it on. I don't know. Like, like, honestly, in terms of the Enneagram, like personal stories really resonate the most. Like the yeah. story about me and my friends in the hot tub and all that. Like that is a five story. That's a five story. Right. A seven would experience that yeah. night differently and they would be like, oh, of course, let's go. Perfect. And then they'd and then be at the hot tubs and, and they'd so be perfect. like, what's next? Yeah, exactly. What can we do oh next? Seven, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't know yeah, what so, I would so do. Like, I probably I, would say no. I think, I think we, it's fun to hear these stories. It's It's fun to put like, flesh and bones to these yeah. concepts, you yeah. know? So put them out honestly, there. Even if, if, well, not even, especially if you're just a classic friend, a friend of ours, <laughs> you know who you are. Listen to this podcast. Just a classic Just a good friend. old friend. Why not send a, a story? <laughs> Please I'll send this, stories. <laughs> just send it to our email. Send no small it. Thing. Not Will your care friends it? enjoy yeah, that? Oh my God. If they're listening to this, they'll laugh so hard at that. <laughs> uh, not, not, not a text. Don't send Macy a text or me a text. Put it on our oh. official thing. <laughs> <laughs> put it on our Instagram or put it on our email. I don't know, also, email. don't fives. Uh, this is another five thing. Don't call a five. Don't call me. Don't Please call don't a call five. Me That's a number one intrusion of a five. <laughs> That's so good. Don't call me. I'll throw my phone across If I'm going to call you, I have to text. Is Can it I okay if I call? That's so nice, though, that you acknowledge that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's uh, going to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I think I always end with some like, <laughs> like we love you. You guys are beautiful humans. Woo. Don't ever forget it. We hope that you All enjoy. All numbers. One through nine. Yeah. One through. Oh, that. Oh, side. Last final note. Yeah. The Enneagram helps us to realize like, how good and different we are. Like mm -hmm. it. How good it is for us to all be so different and like how we can relate to people so uniquely and differently and like diversity is what like unifies us. So good. So final so well thoughts. Said. Final thought. Uh, we love the Enneagram. Yeah. Love the Enneagram. Thank you for listening. Peace out. I We've hope you a have a good day. Have a good day. <laughs> good evening. Uh, Macy again has now put her microphone down. <laughs> <laughs>